speaking recently in a series called Circles, Cycles, and Seasons. All of us live in circles of relationship. All of us have circles of influence. All of us experience the different cycles of life, and all of us experience seasons in life. And uh, God's Word is filled with wisdom on how we can navigate those seasons, how we can do it well. Some of them are tough. Di talked a little bit about some of our things that we're praying through. Some of them are tough. Some of them are difficult. But one of the, one of the good things for each and every one of us to remember is God is in the midst of each and every season. And last week I started talking about one of those cycles. And that is the cycle of sowing and reaping. The cycle of sowing and reaping. And uh, I touched on a couple of things that I think are important for us to revisit for a moment. The first of these is that God put within each and every one of us an instinct for increase. That is that every one of us wants what we put our hands to, to grow. Every one of us has a desire to see increase as a result of and the fruit of our efforts, our labor, the investment of our time, our energy, our resource. And if we go back to the very beginning, we find God's mandate to Adam and Eve, and it was this, it was Genesis 1:28. God blessed them. Good thing to remember, God begins with a blessing. God begins with blessing. He blessed them and then said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God created Adam and Eve. And in the beginning, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light, and light was. The Bible tells us that God created the universe by the words of his mouth. He formed Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life. But then God put within his creation, he put seed within his creation. And he said, when you plant that seed, that seed is going to grow and it's going to reproduce after its own kind. And the reason that he did that was because that was the method by which God was going to cause increase, multiplication, and fruitfulness to come. I would love to go out into the garden and I would love to say to my tomatoes, let there be tomatoes. Or let there be tomatoes. But the reality is if I want tomatoes or I want tomatoes or I, I have to sow a seed. Because everything comes from the seed that we sow. I have an apple here that Jeannie French grew in her garden. And this apple has seeds within it. And the life that produces the apple tree comes from the seed and we're all familiar with the reality of that and this apple seed 
produces after its own kind. And so, as we look at this cycle of sowing and reaping, this principle is a principle that runs throughout the Bible, and it's very important for us to understand, because if we want to experience increase in our lives, then we need to be sowing the right kind of seed. The Word of God tells us that everything produces after its own kind. And in the book of Galatians, we read in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, for whatever a person sows, that will they also reap. In the Amplified Version, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside for whatever a man sows. This and only this is what he will reap. One of the great scriptures in the book of Genesis is the what God said after the flood. And God said this in Genesis 8:22, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and winter, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. And there's a principle that God established right there was that when we plant a seed, between the seed and the harvest, there's a time. There's time that takes place, that transpires between the planting of the seed and the harvest. And I want to speak a little bit about some of the seeds that we can sow in life and some of the things that God wants to do in the midst of the time between the seed and the harvest. And so I want to share a little bit this morning about what is the seed. Uh, how do we plant that seed? And when do we plant the seed? So the first thing is we need to understand that when the Bible talks about seed, seed is both spiritual and natural. The same principles of sowing and reaping apply in the natural world as in the spiritual realm. So we know if you plant an apple seed, it will grow into an apple tree that will produce fruit. And in the same way as Paul writes to the Galatian church, he says, if you sow to the spirit from the spirit, you will receive life. So the principle of sowing and reaping is a spiritual principle that takes effect in our natural world. I want to just not digress a little bit, talk a little bit about the connection between the spiritual world and the natural world. Because we all know that we live in two worlds. We live in a natural world and we live in a spiritual world. We live in a natural dimension and a spiritual dimension. God is spirit. Jesus said, if you want to know and you want to see the effect of the Holy Spirit, look at, the, look at a tree. And when you see the wind blowing and you see the branches blowing, you don't see the wind, but you see the effect of the wind on the tree. And so the reality of the, what Jesus was saying was that the natural world is a reflection 
of the spiritual world. And if we go back to the very beginning, when God created this world, he created Eden, the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve fell was perfect. And the Garden of Eden was a reflection, a physical representation of heaven. And so the same principles that apply in heaven, God applied to our natural world. And when he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he placed them in the garden as his representatives, that they would govern God's kingdom here on earth under God, their king, and that they would do that under his authority. I was listening to an interesting audio book. And in that audio book, Miles Monroe, who was a, uh, he's in, in heaven right now. But he was talking about prayer. And he was talking that prayer is not so much asking God to do what we want him to do. It's giving him permission to act on our behalf. Because God will not bypass our will. And he wants to wait for us to give him permission to act in our situation and to act in our circumstances. So God chose in the same way that God chose to entrust the rule of earth to us. So that we would rule God's kingdom under his authority as our king. God chooses to limit his activity in our lives to that which we ask him to do. I want to pause on that for a moment because I feel that's such a powerful statement. God chooses to limit his activity. Now, we know God can do anything. God can bypass our will. But God chooses... And he can, he can move independently of our will at any time that he chooses. But the way God created us was that he wants to limit his activity in our lives to that which we ask him to do. And so prayer allows God to release his power in the realm that he's entrusted to us. When we pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're praying. We're praying, God, I want to see your kingdom come in my life, in my circumstances. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, peace, health. I want you to come and I want you to move in my life. And so prayer allows God to release his power in the realm that he has entrusted us to. So sowing seeds in exactly the same way allows God to do what he wants to do because God has said, I'm no longer going to say, let there be tomatoes or let there be potatoes. God says, no, I want you to sow the seed and then I'm going to bless it. And so the law of sowing and reaping is a spiritual principle that takes place 
and takes effect in our natural world, which is why Jesus told so many stories about farming. He talked about the sower who went out into the field and sowed his seed. He talked about farming principles. He talked about business. And these were natural stories with profound spiritual truth. And he also talked about how the supernatural can transform our natural world. So what did seed signify in the Bible? Seed signifies natural and spiritual life. And so when we look at the subject of seed, it's important for us to understand that the same natural principles that we understand about gardening or farming or agriculture are spiritual principles that apply to every aspect of our lives. Jesus talked about the seed being the word of God. God's seed accomplishes that which it is sent to do. We've been born again, Peter said, not of imperishable seed, not a perishable seed, but imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. Seed talks about life. Seed talks about spiritual life, natural life. It speaks of potential. It speaks of hope. It speaks of reproduction. But what we find in God's word is the miracle is always in the seed. And that's why Solomon says, sow your seed in the morning and in the evening do not withhold your hand. In other words, sow your seed. Keep sowing seed. Because the seed that you sow will produce after its own kind. And in the beginning, God said, Genesis 1 and verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. One of the great verses in the New Testament is Paul's letter to the Galatians where he talks about the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And I want to focus what he says about the fruit of the Spirit. When he uses the word fruit, fruit produces seed. And if we sow seeds that come from the fruit of the Spirit, we are going to reap the seeds that we sow. He talks about the flesh and later goes on to say, don't be deceived. If we sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. But if we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap life. And so here's what Galatians says. I memorized this a long time ago, and I hope that I can practice it in the same way that I've memorized it. But it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
So fruit has seeds within it that produce after their own kind. And so when the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, he produces that fruit in our lives and we're able to sow the seeds of that fruit wherever we go. And what we sow, we will reap, just like Johnny Appleseed. Remember the story. I think every American knows the story of Johnny Appleseed, who went around the country preaching the word and sowing apple seeds wherever he went. And so the first thing that I I want to highlight is sow seeds of kindness. Sow seeds of kindness. The cycle of sowing and reaping determines what we reap. And I think so often in life we're looking for kindness. We're looking for people to be kind to us. But instead of looking for people to be kind to us, when we focus on finding ways that we can sow seeds of kindness, it's amazing what happens when we sow those seeds, that that's what we begin to reap. I think one of the, one of the uh, challenging and difficult things that we face in our time is so much divisiveness, so much, uh, so much anger that is being sown. And whatever is sown is whatever is reaped. And I wonder if in our, in our day, in our generation, if we were more focused on sowing seeds of kindness, that we might see more of that, not only coming back to us personally, not only coming back into our families, but in our communities, but also in our nation and around the world. And so, what seed can we sow? Well, we can sow the fruit of the Spirit. We can sow love joy, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, because when we do, that's what we, we reap. One of the other things that, as I was looking at this subject, that came to mind is friendliness and friendship. Proverbs 18 and verse 24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. A man or a woman that has friends must be friendly. In other words, if we sow friendliness, we'll reap friendliness. If we sow friendship, we'll reap friendship. I've been in church life a long time, and it's amazing as a... uh, as an observer of life. And I was outside of church life for a while too, 23 years before I became a Christian. But my observation is often people say, oh, they're not friendly, or that church isn't friendly, or that people group isn't friendly. And I always wonder when I read this verse, well, how friendly are we when we enter into those kind of environments? Because what we sow is what we're going to reap. And so when we go into a workplace, and I'm sure we've all worked in places that the environment is 
is somewhat uh, cold or unfriendly or unwelcoming or at times hostile. It's so easy to return, repay kind with kind. But if we sow that which we're looking to receive in that environment, it's amazing what comes back to us. Because the principle of sowing and reaping is so profoundly uh, important, but not just profoundly important. It is so profoundly effective in bringing back that which we sow, the cycle of faith, the cycle of friendliness that we're looking for will come back to us. Hope and faith. We can sow hope and faith wherever we go. Romans 1.11, Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. He wants to impart to people. I wonder in our, in our environment, how much we value the opportunity to be able to sow seeds of hope and faith in people around about us. And one of the great gifts that we have when we have that hope within us is the ability to meet people and impart faith to them and hope to them in the midst of the challenges that they go through in life. And so the more we sow hope and the more we sow faith, the more we reap hope and the more we reap faith and encouragement 1 Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing, Paul says to the Thessalonians. In the message version, it says, so speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. I know you're already doing this, just keep doing it. In other words, just keep sowing those seeds of encouragement because the miracle is in the seed. The Bible talks about the seed of our resource, of our finance, and talks about sowing that seed. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Why? Because the miracle is in the seed. And the measure that we sow determines the measure of the return that we receive from sowing the seed of our resource. So how do we sow? How do we sow? We sow in faith. Jesus talked about in Matthew 17 and verse 20, I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move nothing would be impossible and so when we sow those seeds of sow those seeds when i sow whatever seed i sow whether i'm sowing seeds of hope seeds of faith seeds of encouragement seed of my finance seed of kindness i i want to do it from a position of faith Believing that God's word is true, that what I'm sowing will bring a return in their lives and in my life. The second thing is that I want to do it with expectation. I don't want to do it in faith and I want to do it in expectation, with expectation of a return. 
Expectation is such a powerful thing. When you sow a seed in the ground, and I'm talking about tomatoes because that's the way it's pronounced, tomatoes, not tomatoes. But when you're sowing tomatoes in the ground, I go out every day looking for a return. There's expectation. There's faith in it. I'm believing that the seed I sow is going to produce a harvest. And in exactly the same way, whatever we're sowing, whether it's spiritual seed, whether it's natural seed, whether it's the seed of our finance, we are looking for and expecting a return. And one of the great things is that we can remind God of his promises. God, your word says, when we sow, we will reap. Your word says, if I sow bountifully, I will reap bountifully. So I'm going to be doing it with expectation. And the third thing is, I want to be doing it not just with faith uh, and expectation, but I want to be doing it with thanksgiving. And here's a great key to seeing the things that we want to see take place in our lives. Thanksgiving to God in advance of what we receive not just after we receive it. So whenever I'm asking God to move in my life and in my situation, I am thanking him in advance. I thank you, Father, that your word says that your ear is attentive to my prayer. I thank you, Father, that your word says you will never fail me nor forsake me. I thank you, Father, that you are faithful to fulfill your promises in my life. And that thankfulness releases the blessing of God. In uh, the Gospels, we read the story of Jesus and how when Jesus fed the multitudes, he took the loaves and the fishes in his hand and he gave thanks to God. And then he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. So in the time between the sowing of the seed and the plant and the harvest, we need to water that seed with faith, with expectation, and with gratitude. So finally, as the worship team come, the rest of the worship team When do we sow that seed? Well, Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6. He says, in the morning sow your seed and in the evening do not withhold your hand. He who watches, he goes on to say, in fact, he says in the preceding two verses before that, he says, he who watches the wind waiting for all conditions to be perfect, will not sow seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. I want to close that on that thought. He who watches the wind. In other words, the farmer that's watching the wind and watching the clouds, waiting for perfect conditions to sow their seed, will never sow the seed. He says, sow your seed now because the seed you sow will determine the harvest that you grow. It'll determine the harvest that you reap. 
I can remember one of the most difficult seasons in my life many years ago, decades ago. And I was going through probably the hardest experience I'd ever gone through in life. And I remember as a, as a younger, younger Christian, I remember someone, a spiritual advisor talking to me. When I was looking to be encouraged, when I was looking for people to put their arms around me. He said, now's the time for you to sow the seed of the harvest you want to see. And I can remember thinking, well, now's the time I need to be encouraged. But I understood the principle and I began to activate that in my own personal life and look at ways that I could encourage others, look at ways that I could sow into other people's lives in the midst of my pain, in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of all that I was going through. And he said, you're not going to reap that harvest tomorrow, but one year's time, two years time, three years time, four years time, five years time, you're going to be reaping the harvest of the seed that you sowed now. Dai has spoke many times about that passage in the Bible was said that those who sow that sow in tears shall reap in joy. We sow in the midst of our tears. We sow our tears, but in the midst of our tears, we're not just sowing tears. It's I think it's one of the translations, the Amplified translation, maybe, or the message says, they who sow tears, walking up and down those rows, sowing their seed will one day reap a harvest in joy. So we sow our tears, but we sow our seed, seeds of hope, seeds of life in others. And in the midst of that, we begin to reap that in our own lives. As we close these three thoughts, I want to ask how, what kind of seed are we sowing? Secondly, how are we sowing that seed? And thirdly, when are we sowing that seed? Because the seed that we sow is going to determine the harvest that we grow. Let's sow seeds of the fruit of God's Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And let's sow the seed that we want to see come back into our lives so that we can experience that principle of sowing and reaping that cycle of faith for each and every one of us. Can you say amen to that? Would you stand with me for a moment? I want to pray a prayer this morning for people who are either listening to this message or people who are here and have never made a conscious decision to accept Christ as their Savior. Or maybe you've made a decision in times past, but you've lost your way and you need to reconnect with God and need to get back on track with God. When we are born again, Peter says, and I referred to this earlier, that we are born again, not of perishable seed, or natural seed, but of imperishable seed, spiritual seed. God's word enters our hearts. We respond to it and it brings life. 
spiritual life, the gift of eternal life, and the gift of God's indwelling spirit in our hearts and in our lives. And if you've never prayed that prayer, I want to pray it with you this morning. Pray that you'll experience what it is to be born again, what it is to be born of the Spirit, that you may receive that gift. You say, well, what is that all I have to do? Jesus did everything necessary for our forgiveness, for us to receive that gift on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. And all we have to do is say yes. He's already said yes to us. Our yes agreeing with his yes. So let's pray that together this morning. And if you need to pray that today, pray it from your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me. I open up my heart and I receive you, Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Help me to live with your Spirit inside me, producing the fruit of your Spirit, so that I may live a life that brings honor to you and that I may fulfill my God-given purpose and destiny. I thank you today that I have been born again. I'm a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become new in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.